Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Welcome to another recap episode. This is number 770. Happy to do that. The first episode I'm recapping is 749, which is the interview with Shui. And I've had several of these. She was a journalism student from, I think, Boston University. And uh, I may have been her assignment. I have a little bit of a soft touch for uh, students, grad students and college students. That really was my first career being a professor. And at each place where I taught, I was involved in starting the Statistical Consulting Center on campus to help grad students and faculty with their research. Another kind of expression of my pro bono consulting. So Shui asked me if I had some time, and I said, sure. So I had no idea what she was going to talk about, and we wound up creating two episodes out of it. And again, it was mainly her asking me questions, and I hope you got an A, Shui, on your assignment. 750 was the previous recap. Don't do that. 751 was the Huggins & Scott auction lot that I won, and I love bidding on their stuff. They're admittedly one of the sponsors, but I handpicked them because I think they have a unique spot. The seven football boxes boxes unopened over the last 20 years. And as I've said, I'm not a box collector. I'm a card collector. So I opened them up, which then probably lowered the value, but I'm after knowledge and experience and all that stuff. I bought them and did I get my money's worth? Again, I feel like buying unopened product is a little bit of a gamble in the sense that the expected value a lot of times is about you might get more, but you might get less. So breaking even is not my strategy in the hobby. I'm more of an opportunistic buyer. But frankly, I realize I'm just looking for mispriced. I would have been delighted to win those boxes at half the price. Then I would have been guaranteed to have a good deal. But I got into it. I got carried away in the auction, as many of us do, and open up the boxes. And not huge disappointment, but I had that experience. 752 was a tribute to Frank Barning, deserved another... OG, one of the, I won't say original content creators, because he really wasn't that old, was more of the price guide guy and Sports Collectors Digest at the time and Trader Speaks were probably heavy on the classified ads and display ads. I think Baseball Hobby News was more serious uh, journalism. You know, yes, there were ads, they had some pricing information, but really was content creation. And Rich has talked about how they brought on a lot of innovations for allowing people to tell their story. So Frank, you're missed. Vivian and Randy, sorry about that. And I wish the family. 753 was the Dennis Walker, which I think was the real reason that Shui wanted to talk to me. It's actually been the subject. I've gotten some amount of feedback on that episode. There was a unsolved mystery episode of some TV thing that looked into it, but still there's more not known than known on that. And Shui, go after it. It might make for an interesting story. It actually may have some nefarious aspects to it, but that's to be researched. 754 was the eight list question. I'm already working on the next batch. So I've got two of them in this group of eight, and then I've probably got another seven or eight that I think I can bundle together and deliver in the next week or so. So I have fun with that. I really do appreciate your questions. Send them to Dr. James Beckett at gmail.com. 755, 6, and 7 all were the Baseball Card Hall of Fame ballot. About takes. I was interviewed by Ray and Mike and Victor. I like those guys. I went through the whole ballot of 40 and articulated who I voted for and why and who I'd like to see on next year. 
And I am apparently not mainstream anymore because of the 10 who were inducted, I only voted for two. And again, much to my chagrin, I had my reasons for not voting for the 73 Clemente, but it made it in. And uh, Ray from Philly, uh, Schmidt did not get in. So I was disappointed for Ray. I think that is a worthy card. And Clemente, a lot of these things on these halls of fame, I just, I'm not always a first ballot guy. I think sometimes that there are better candidates or should wait. So thanks guys for doing that. I'm glad it ended well. And it means I get to vote for some of those same guys next year. Uh, 759 was the dueling questions with Grant Sandground, a longtime uh, friend and colleague with Upper Deck now. We had so much fun, we kept going, and there's actually two rounds of dueling questions with Grant. He was right there as a very savvy price guide guy and then was very instrumental in getting BGS off the ground. 760 and following, there's a several of these content conversations from the uh, casual dinners that I had at Kyle's Dallas show. 760, I just did titled it in that order. It's really the icebreaker where we went around the room. Everybody self-introduced. And in honor of Chris Sewell, the collector investor dealer guy in that order, we went around and said, where are you with that? What is your in that order of how you hobby? And I knew about many of the people and some I didn't know as well, obviously, but it's good to know yourself. And what really came across to me after thinking about it is that it's changed over time for me and it's changed over time for sale. And that's okay that I'm probably a content creator more than a collector now and not really a dealer and all that. The 761 was the first of the content convo questions. Actually, it was the highest ranking one. We had I had guys submit questions ahead of time. In fact, a couple questions. This one was from somebody who was not even there, who got sick and had canceled last minute. And this is the one that got 100% of the votes. So we tackled it first. Again, the 15-minute format, a little bit of a problem because it probably was worth more than 15 minutes. But I'll do more than 15 minutes because I've gotten several comments and questions through the podcasting medium as well as on YouTube that I will address. I may just bundle them up into one episode where I just go further, or I may interview the original questioner, but it obviously struck a responsive chord or note. Maybe it was the negativity, maybe it was the accountability, but it was a topic that people commented on. 762 was the welcoming new collectors. This actually got the second most votes. We did them in order, and we talk a lot about welcoming new collectors age-wise in terms of younger collectors. But Angela was there, and not just because of that, we talked about having a welcoming attitude for women, adult women, not just moms, but women who want to collect in their own. And then we had some discussion of ethnicities, and maybe not enough on disabilities, but there's blind people in this industry, in the hobby, and there's other other kinds of wheelchair-bound people that I've known over the years. And it ought to be welcoming and not intimidating for new collectors of every stripe. If you want more, obviously, this is a recap. You can go to the original episode. 763 and 4 were Worlds of Sport. I had a longer conversation with John Canzano, who's a sports writer. And uh, trying to do a first-time show that has uh, multiple appeals, but uh, as we say sometimes when you're jack of all trades, they want to know what you're the master of. And it's, it was only 60 tables or so, or booths, and it's Father's Day weekend. So we will see. I wish him well. Again, the episode's out, and uh, Father's Day is this weekend. And John, I hope you pull the crowd you want, and I hope this is the start of something big. 765, third place in the content conversation, was about charitable inclinations. Again, that's what we voted on, and so we talked about it. And there's personal charitable donations and corporate and uh, sometimes you get a write-off and sometimes you don't again a lot of people in the room a lot of people had opinions again you just have to go back to the 
episode if you're interested in that. We weren't really saying how-to as much as just here are some options. 766 was the content conversation about code of ethics. Again, suggested by someone who could not make it. And I will obviously have a conversation with him at some point in the future. Again, very good in theory, but not so easy to pull off. Uh, and sometimes it's be careful what you wish for because a code of ethics, it's like when I was doing the price guide and even with all our teammates, we basically where you can mess up is in the exceptions. And so in the code of ethics, there's a broad-based code of ethics, but then there's situational things that people say, yeah, but what about this situation or circumstance? So it's hard to know in advance. 767 was not voted on. This was a content conversation that was about legacy. Mike Moynihan actually suggested this. We were done with our time. I said, do you guys want to go to the trade night or do you want to visit for a little bit longer? Kyle was there with us. So we had the room, obviously, this smaller room that Kyle was nice enough to set up for. We're done with our, our dinner. And so Mike just said, how do you want to be remembered? And so he went first. And I'm reminded of Stephen Covey's Seven Habits book, or to begin with the end in mind. When you get involved in the hobby and even when you're midstream, you should be thinking, what do you want your legacy to be, especially if you're in the second half of your life or second half of your productive life? And if you've got a concept of how you want to be remembered, work toward that. I've got a friend, not a close friend, but a friend that has lost his legacy because he had a moral failure, financial failure, where he is in deep trouble now. And that's all people are going to think about when they think about him. And otherwise, he had a great reputation with kids and grandkids, somebody close to my age. So very sad. Number one, don't mess up. Uh, and if you do mess up, don't make it worse by compounding it and making it worse with lying about it or covering your tracks. Just move forward. 768, again, we kept going on the content. We're there having a good time. Just non-physical cards, which is a way to think about NFTs, fractionals, vaults, and any digital presentations, maybe even ComC. Although nobody's asked me, hey, show me what you have on ComC. They can just do it themselves. And that's cards that are physical, but they're not in my presence. 769, the other one I did with Grant, we'd saved up because we hadn't I had any conversation a year, and again, he's upper deck now. 770 was the pre-BGS hesitation, the way I called it. With Rich was talking about core competency, and did I think that the grading was maybe not in our core competency, and that was part of my hesitation. And I explained that, no, I don't think so. I think core competency did include grading, and we've been doing it all along. But on reflection, now I'm realizing that Beckett Media has a new CEO who has a definite core competency. And so sometimes the company's core competency and the leader's core competency are not one and the same, and that needs to be resolved. So we will see. The new CEO for Beckett Media is technologically very strong, but not as strong hobby-wise. And so I'll either do an episode with him or another episode that I do where I look at those kind of things. But again, it's not the same. Junk slabs with Rich. That was Rich's idea. Again, I think it's junk if the cards in the box are worth less than the cardboard box, if they're loose cards. And that's where they're stars or whatever. Nowadays, a monster box can cost eight or 10 or 12 bucks. And I remember I've sold super monster boxes for five bucks. That's a 10th of a cent of cards. So that's officially junk. Another way to think of it is if the cards in the box, if the cost to mail them is more than what the cards are worth. So you wouldn't think that'd be the case for cards that are already slabbed. For junk slabs, maybe my definition would be a card that's slabbed that is worth less than the cost to get it slapped. On the other hand, it could still have value. And unopened wax, 
still with the opportunity to open something up and maybe get a black 10. So you just don't know. The 772, another content. Again, I just, they just kept going and uh, it was free form. And Rob Veris was trying to convince us that Southern Cal, LA area, Burbank in specific is the epicenter of the hobby. We, I don't know that we shouted him down, but uh, New York has a case, Chicago has a case, but Texans around here think that uh, the DFW area has been awful strong the last few years. And it's always had a presence with the corporate position as well as a good collector and dealer base. And then finally, 773, the outtakes from the Parallels explosion from another hobby hotline thing. I love being on hobby hotline. You never know what you're going to get. But guys, I just got to tell you, whether you're my co-host or calling in or just hearing that things happen in the industry from the card companies because they're making money. If we collectors or investors quit buying, they're going to quit doing that. So as long as people are chasing things, they're going to keep making them. It's hard to say no, but the card companies are here to make money. The leagues and players associations encourage that strongly. Fanatics is going to be no different. So they are following the trends and apparently enough people or their studies show that more parallels is better. I think it's over the line now, but that's just my opinion. So anyway, thanks everybody. I had a good time these last four weeks and I'll do another four weeks. So look forward to seeing you all soon. Some of you all at the national and continue to enjoy collecting as I will.